1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 1. And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hakilah, which is before Jeshimon? The Ziphites are another group that are Israelites, and they're telling Saul where David is. They're on Saul's side. 2. Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. So it's kind of crazy that Saul is spending all of his time as a king. Instead of doing good things for Israel and fighting battles, he's just hunting down one man who he sees as a threat. And that's what narcissists do when they see somebody else might be stealing their spotlight. They get so narrowed in and focused on that person and the chase begins. They just want to destroy that person's life to get their limelight back. 3. And Saul pitched in the hill of Hakala, which is before Jeshimon, by the way. But David abode in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David knows where Saul's camp is. 4. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come of a certainty. He knows that Saul is after him again. This is a funny cat and mouse game, isn't it? Because Saul hates David and wants him dead, but he's not very good at catching him. And at the same time, David wants to preserve his own life. But from a temporal point of view, the easiest thing for David to do would be to just kill Saul and get it over with. But David refuses to do that because he knows it isn't right. David refuses to defend himself. He's only running, and Saul isn't capable of catching up to David. 5. And David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched, and David beheld the place where Saul lay. That means where he was sleeping. And Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of his host, Saul and the captain of his army are both sleeping near each other in the camp. And Saul lay within the barricade, and the people pitched round about him. Saul was protected inside a barricade. His soldiers were around him. 6. Then answered David and said to Ahimelech the Hittite, and to Abishai the son of Zeruiah, brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with thee. These are great warriors that are going to stay with David throughout his reign as king. The Bible will go over the list of all of his warriors and top men more thoroughly later on, but he has some pretty incredible fighters with him. 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and behold, Saul lay sleeping within the barricade, with his spear stuck in the ground at his head, and Abner and the people lay round about him. Saul is in the center of this barricade of people. All of his men are sleeping around him to protect him, and he has his trusty spear, which he's never been able to kill David with, but he's tried multiple times. 8. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered up thine enemy into thy hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him, I pray thee, with a spear to the earth at one stroke, and I will not smite him the second time. Abishai is saying, it's only going to take me one try. I'm going to kill him for you. Just let me do it. David is Abishai's commander, so Abishai can't kill Saul without David's permission. Abishai wants to kill Saul with his own spear. And it is true that two times now God has brought Saul into David's grasp. David could have easily killed Saul in the cave, and he could easily kill Saul right now. All the soldiers are dead asleep. Nobody knows David's there. They could kill him in an instant and walk out, and nobody would ever know it until morning. God has caused all of the soldiers to sleep deep enough that they don't hear David and Abishai there. Now, just because God has put you in a situation where you could take advantage 
That doesn't mean that he wants you to take advantage. Remember, God tests us. We still have to restrain ourselves and only do what is righteous. And David is very wise because in both of these cases, he restrains himself because he knows it isn't righteous to kill Saul. David has an awareness that his loyalty to the Lord is being tested. God will allow us to be tested. He isn't tempting us like Satan does. Satan tempts us. The Lord never tempts us to sin, but the Lord allows us to be tempted to test our faith. 9. And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can put forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David is saying, You can't kill somebody who was anointed to be king, or else it's a sin. 10. And David said, As the Lord liveth, nay, but the Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go down into battle and be swept away. David says, I know I'm going to be king, but it isn't because I'm going to kill Saul. It's because God is going to kill him, or he'll die of old age, or he'll die in battle. 11. The Lord forbid it me that I should put forth my hand against the Lord's anointed, but now take, I pray thee, the spear that is at his head, and the cruise of water, and let us go. David wants another evidence that he was near Saul and didn't kill him to prove to Saul that he isn't trying to kill him. The first evidence was when he cut off the end of Saul's robe, and that was proof that he could have killed Saul on that day. Now he's going to take Saul's spear and his water bottle, and that will prove that he could have killed Saul today. 12. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's head, and they got them away, and no man saw it, nor knew it, neither did any awake, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord was fallen upon them. 13. Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of the mountain, afar off a great space between them. David is in a safe place where he can yell out to Saul, and they won't be able to immediately grab him. 14. And David cried to the people and to Abner the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that criest to the king? Abner is Saul's head captain. 15. And David said to Abner, Art not thou a valiant man, and who is like to thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept watch over thy lord the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. David is accusing Abner, saying, You were asleep when I was there, and I could have killed Saul. 16. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As the Lord liveth, ye deserve to die, because ye have not kept watch over your Lord, the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is, and the cruise of water that was at his head. David is saying the evidence that somebody was there is that Saul's spear and water bottle are gone. 17. And Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. It could be one of the reasons that Saul calls David his son. Not only that he's grateful to be alive, but also that he wants to appeal to David's sympathy so that David won't kill him in that instant when he can. 18. And he said, Wherefore doth my Lord pursue after his servant? For what have I done or what evil is in my hand? David is confronting Saul, saying, Why are you trying to kill me when I'm not trying to kill you? Which is the same thing he said when he cut off Saul's robe. God gave David both of these opportunities where he could make a choice. He could either kill Saul or he could prove to Saul that he isn't harming him. And in both cases, David made the right choice. He chose to prove to Saul that he wasn't harming him by taking part of Saul's robe the first time and then the second time taking the spear and the water bottle to show that he was there but never did him a harm.
it is wisdom on David's part. What a lot of us would have done was we would have thought instantly, oh, I can kill Saul, therefore God must want me to. Then we would have killed Saul and failed the test, and we would have been guilty of sin. We can't go on our own earthly impulses and what our brain logically tells us. We need to walk in faith and remember the words of the Bible, remember God's laws, and think about what does his law say is righteous and just. When we contemplate his law, then we'll realize the correct thing to do. 19. Now therefore I pray thee, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If it be the lord that hath stirred thee up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it be the children of men, cursed be they before the lord. For they have driven me out this day, that I should not cleave unto the inheritance of the lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. David is saying to Saul, If God himself told you to kill me, let God accept an offering for my, for my sin. But if men have told you to kill me, then let a curse fall on them, because I am innocent if men have told you to kill me. 20. Now therefore let not my blood fall to the earth away from the presence of the Lord, for the king of Israel is come out to seek a single flea as when one doth hunt a partridge in the mountains. David again is saying, I'm nobody, and you're out chasing me as if I'm important and I'm not. 21 Then said Saul, I have sinned, return my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my life was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Saul is admitting in front of all of his men that he has sinned against David, and he's telling David that David can safely return to the kingdom. Of course, this ends up being a big lie. Saul isn't going to allow David to return to the kingdom safely. Ultimately, he's going to try to kill him again. But in this moment, Saul wants to make things right. And see how wavering he is. One minute he wants to kill David, the next minute he loves David. His soul is very wavering, and that's because he's not a man of faith. When you have faith, there's consistency in your actions. But when you don't have faith, you're basically a product of your environment. If it's a good day, you act good. If it's a bad day, you act bad. And that's the way Saul is. He's a product of his environment. If he's having a rough day, then he wants to kill David. If he's having a good day, he wants to be gracious to David. He has no faith at all. And this is how we know if we have faith. Do we remain constant and continue serving the Lord even on a bad day? That's how we know that we're people of faith. 22. And David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. Let then one of the young men come over and fetch it. David says, I have your spear. Let one of your men come get it. 23. And the Lord will render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness, forasmuch as the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, and I would not put forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. David is saying, Send somebody over to get the spear. I will give it to him, now that you've promised that you won't kill me. And whichever of your manner are righteous, let them be rewarded for it. 24. And behold, as thy life is much set by this day in mine eyes, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. David says, As I saved your life, let the Lord save my life, and deliver me from all this mess of being chased by you. 25. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David, thou shalt both do mightily and shalt surely prevail. So he's blessing David and David's future. So David went his way and Saul returned to his place. Now David hasn't gone back to be with Saul, but he believes he's safe at the moment. But that safety won't last because Saul is a wavering man. He is not a man of faith.
And that concludes 1 Samuel chapter 26.